Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia. The podcast has been running since 2016 and it's been an interview show for many, many years and it still is, but for the last 18 months or so, I've been having a great time adding on uh, a a sub-series, if you like, with my good friends, Rob Rhodes. Hey, Matt. Hey, Gabor. And Gabor Jessica. Hey, Rob. Hey, Matt. How you guys doing? Great to see you guys. So we're back for another iconic series. So I guess if people are new to the show, we, we started doing iconic albums in, I think it was around June, July 2021, and we, we chose some albums, sort of like what we're, we're going to do for today's episode. But what I've enjoyed is how that's morphed out to other things. So we've done like the iconic Fender Oddballs and the Gibson Oddballs and the uh, iconic Signature Gear and a bunch of other kind of themed shows, which has been heaps of fun. So... It's um, it's great to be back for for uh, some more recording. Absolutely, always fun, always fun. So we've got an iconic albums show of sorts, and it has a Christmas theme, a festive theme, a season's greetings theme, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about Christmas records with really cool guitars. Uh, Rob, I think this was your idea in uh, in one of our various forums of chatting to each other. Thank you. No worries, I'm just always coming up with ideas so we can just hang out and chat. That's, and yeah. I thought, this one's time sensitive, so we'll make it happen. <laughs> we will. And I've got to, I'm going to release this tomorrow. So That's one way to get me moving along. So Woo-hoo. there we go. Okay, so here are the rules. We each chose one Christmas album with cool guitar feature somehow. True to form, we've all chosen fairly different um, styles of music, different guitar players, and that's what makes this show fun. Paper, scissor, rock. Any volunteers for first? <laughs> Go alphabetical. We know we haven't gone alphabetical before. Okay. Are we talking albums? No uh, names. First names. names. Well, that would be Gabor. All of me. I was, I was trying to think. Yeah. I was going, where am what? G. I can count to four. Yeah. Once we go to alphabet, that's com- you know. And I go as far up as G. Once, once we go past G, I don't know what's yeah. going no on. No idea. There's no H chord. Well, that's yeah. musical alphabet. That's right. Hey, Gabor, um, musical alphabet back in Austria is H a B flat? Uh uh, there is an H, but I don't know what it is. I've never learned any music stuff uh, okay. in, in non-English languages. So um, I know there is an H, but I'm not 100% sure what it is. But I think it possibly be flat. Yeah, I remember buying an ABBA chart from a school fate. I can't remember what the song was, but it was like a piano score and it had uh, with guitar chords and it had a H on there and, <laughs> and mind blown. 
because <laughs> I couldn't play B flat anyway. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, Abba, that's how they wrote all those hits. They had one extra chord. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the H, H for hit. H it, for oh, yeah, that's it, the hit chord. 100%. Um, sorry, I digress. Gabor, what's your Christmas album? Hit us with it. Okay, so let's let's. This is like a band aid. Let's get me out of the way first. Uh, so as always, of course, I choose something a little bit uh, on the different sort of side of things. So I chose John Zorn's "A Dreamer's Christmas." So uh, we've talked in one of the previous episodes. We've talked about John Zorn before. I think it was a live live um, albums or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was one of them. I can't remember which one, but yeah, yeah. Um, so John Zorn, if you haven't heard of John Zorn, he's sort of a, a, a New York um, experimental jazz guy, but um, he plays saxophone. But he 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 has a lot of musical output. He has a lot of different bands he puts together that he doesn't even play in. He just writes the music for him and kind of conducts the bands. And this is one of those. So this is a, a Dreamers Christmas, and it's referring to Dreamers being one of the bands that he uh, uses quite frequently. Um, which uh, consists of uh, Jamie Saft on keyboards, Kenny Wallison on vibes, chimes, and glockenspiel, Trevor Dunn on bass, um, electric bass and double bass, Joey Barron on drums, Sara Baptiste on percussion. One track has vocals on it as well, which uh, Mike Patton uh, came and did some singing on it. And on guitar, my one of my absolute all-time favorite guys, uh, Mr. Mark Rebo, uh, which is one of the reasons why I chose it as well, because it's uh, it's okay. So it was released in in two thousand one. Let, let's let's do the, the you know the, the the background. So it was released in October, sorry, two thousand eleven, October two thousand eleven, on John Zorn's own label called Zadik. Uh, it was um, recorded at Eastside Sound in New York City. Um, by Mark Uselli and mastered by Scott Hull. So both fairly well-known names in the world of recording and mastering. Uh, and they've been long-time collaborators with, with John Zorn. It's a beautiful sounding album, actually. I, I know you guys yeah. didn't hear the full beautifulness of it, but we'll get into that later. So basically, it's 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 a band uh, of of pretty much uh, mostly A-list sort of musicians. So I, I, I mentioned these. It's the same band that played on the that live album that we talked about ages ago. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, these guys, between them, played with – you know, played and recorded with guys like Herbie Hancock, Brian Eno, David Bowie, Paul Simon, Santana. Massive list of of big albums these guys played on, or studio. Uh, they were either studio or um, live musicians. Amongst all of them, between all of them. Um, now I picked it. It's sort of a loungy, jazzy kind of take on Christmas songs, played by avant-garde. Uh, improvisational jazz musicians <laughs> who are mostly Jewish as well on top of it all, which is kind mm-hmm. of makes it kind of interesting. Um, uh, I'm not sure if they're all Jewish. I don't know, but a lot of them are Jewish anyway. Um, and yeah, so you've got Mark Rebo on guitar, super distinctive player in my opinion, that sort of very kind of angular, sort of syncopated kind of style of playing, very hard attack with his right hand, very interesting sort of dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they basically did a bunch of Christmas hits, uh, <laughs> hits under quotation marks, and a couple of original tunes that John Zorn wrote, especially for Christmas. Um, and, uh, oh, gear as well. So Mark Rebo being the guitarist on it. Uh, not 100% sure what he used in the studio to record it, but um, any Dreamers Live stuff I could find on YouTube, 
He usually either uses a Gretsch, and that's a very long name, a G6122T, 59 Vintage Select, 59 Chet Atkins Country Gentleman Thin Line with Bixby. <laughs> that's the actual <laughs> title. <laughs> some of those Gretsch titles. One of those Gretsch, Gretsch titles. It's almost like, uh, like Ivanis and Gretsch. There. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. basically, it's like a, it's the Country Gentleman, but it's not the full body one. It's the thinner, like 335 oh, okay. style with the nice. fake F holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. In a like a um, mahogany sort of um, walnut sort of walnut um, look finish with that kind of curvy Bigsby. Um, anyway, beautiful looking guitar. Uh, or he uses his 63 um, Fender Jaguar, very beaten up, trashed um, Jaguar, usually through a deluxe reverb. So that's kind of the gear. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the two songs that I picked from that uh, just to kind of, you know, get people interested are Let It Snow. And one of John Zorn's originals, which is a which is magical sleigh ride. Now, did you get a chance to listen to to the the files of singer? I did, but I had to go to a few like artisanal markets and flick through CDs to find it first because <laughs> um, it's not existed online. But we did we did find that it was on iTunes or Apple Music. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Gabor did this amazing thing where he just played it on his stereo and recorded it on his phone and sent it to us. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we didn't quite have to, you know, send the sleigh dogs out to find a copy, but no. um, we did eventually listen to it. We yeah, did. like I, I listened to the, your two picks, and um, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, the let it snow as soon as it started with that, well, like the bass line. Yeah. That it starts with, just all of a sudden Tim Burton vibes. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like yeah, so right. gave me that uh-huh. like cinematic vision of something Tim Burton would do, and it was just a tiny bit like off, tiny little bit dissonant, yeah. where like just made me feel uneasy. Yeah, yeah, and but in a good way, kind of like the Adams family, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and that's you great. said Gretsch, but in on this track, I was. Certain it was an offset in the bridge position. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, it sounds like a, like his Jaguar that he plays. Yeah, quite fr- and uh, I made a couple of notes. Like, um, it takes an absolute genius and an element of ridiculousness to, to commit to those guitar parts. Like, he's only a- <laughs> only a freak. Yeah. An evil genius can make that <laughs> stuff work. He's a madman, but yeah. that's what I love about him. It's, uh, I mean, he starts playing the melody normal, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again yeah. under quotation marks. Normal, normal, yeah. But then he just goes into his that Mark Mark Reboism. I mean, he's it's uh, to me it's it's such an instantly distinctive, distinct, distinguishable. That's what that's the word. Um, guitar player. Uh, it's this sort of choppy. I call it angular. I don't know if that's sort of the right word, but it sounds yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. very cho- and kind of syncopated to the rest of the rhythm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just goes and he plays these really off things, but they work somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something about it. <laughs> I love his playing. I think he's just such a genius player. Like you yeah. said, it's a fine line between is it going to be horrible or is it going to be insanely awesome? And it's always on insanely awesome with him. He's just just on that fine line, but he's just so good at being on that fine line. And the band is killer. It's yeah. such a good band. And then the second track, the Magical Sleigh Ride, um, I love the clave that it kicks off with. 
you know, like that's just killer. And mm-hmm. who doesn't love a glockenspiel? Like I was, yeah. I was listening to it going, <laughs> is it a glockenspiel or a xylophone? But I couldn't hear the, the woodiness, so I figured it was a glockenspiel. And the guitar um, and the glockenspiel playing the, the, the lines the together. Unison. That's in nice. unison. Yeah. It's, that's beautiful. It's just, yeah, I, yeah. I love that sort of stuff. And then that guitar that kicks in at about 2 minutes 20 is just hot, it's, like absolutely hot. And it's again, Rebo again. It's just him. Yeah. It's just him. And he's just writing that line of a maniacal genius is what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it could go wrong at any moment, yeah. but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I I felt that – oh, what did I write? I said I said um, – sounded like Yosemite Sam then. I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, boy. Uh, I like the feeling that the music was giving me that unpredictability that excites the brain and gets you thinking about how to work that approach into your own playing. Um, I'm also a big fan of a repeating motif with that underpinning descending rhythm pattern, which it does at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wrote candy for my ear holes. (laughs) And it goes, I don't know if you noticed, but it goes from 6.8 into like a 4-4 four, four into a 6-8, and you don't necessarily even notice it. Did you, you notice you it? you can only count to four. Okay. So yeah, well, I'm, yeah. lo- I'm yeah. lost. <laughs> it's four and four and then two and then four. Four and two, two. yeah. But yeah. it sort of starts in a 6-8. It starts and ends in 6-8, but then the middle bit goes into 4-4, four, four, and you don't notice it. It's almost seamless. Ah. Yeah. It's nice. cool. I'm a singing guitar player, so I don't have to count at all. Everyone just has to follow me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> what, what, what did you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I was digging it. Um, I think it's beautiful descriptions, Rob. Yeah, Rebo, yeah, he's dangerous, isn't he? Yeah. Like he, yeah. He's, he's right on the edge of things, which yeah. is so fun and exciting. With Let It Snow, yeah, it, it it started off relatively straight, but there was this kind of subversive undercurrent. I thought it would be more obvious, but it's quite subtle. For me, it was, the, um, it was often the keys player just getting – kooky underneath Rebo playing relatively straight and then obviously he took it out as well which was which was fun um I noted in that tune um it's a very direct dry kind of tone I don't mean direct like plugged into a DI box I mean like it's quite a it's quite in your face that tone like it's right there I think it's a it's just a fully cranked deluxe reverb Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing else there, and it's 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 close mic'd by the sounds of it too. There's not much yeah. room going on. Yeah, yeah, it's um, almost awkward in, yeah. in a way. Mm. Yeah. But in I think a, it's also it's, it's it's one of those sounds where it you can't hide behind anything. Whatever you yes, play, it's right definitely. there, it's right in your face. And I do believe, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I do believe they record often live in in a sitting live yeah, in a circle okay. in a room. Those guys, and they do a couple of takes, and then they pick yep. whatever take they like the best. Nice. Um, there's actually – I didn't send you that song, but there's another – It's and it's great again. It's so um, – Mark Rebo, uh, th- another track on there, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. For anyone out there who wants to listen to it, it starts off with this – with Rebo playing um, acoustic guitar, sort of playing the, the chords and melody kind of at once, but again, very Rebo style. And then it goes into this full-on swing jazz thing where it's just piano, piano double bass and, and drums, but f- – total swing jazz and then it goes back into the acoustic thing and so if anyone out there wants to have a listen to it if anyone can find it on a non-hard copy but it is available on itunes you can buy it on itunes um but you can't listen to it on upper music even if you have a membership you have to buy it it's one of Uh those things um 
uh, check that out as well. So with that whole album, I mean, there's moments of guitar on it. And then mm-hmm. there's some songs where there's hardly any guitar on it because it's mostly, you know, he's featuring different instruments in different songs. But, I mean, there's always some, you know, rhythm guitar track in the background. But uh, I picked those two just because they were the most guitar and most typical sort of Rebo-isms, you know, on that. Yeah, it yeah, cool. it's cool, man. And in um, in Magical Sleigh Ride, it, it it's like a broader palette of guitar stuff. Hey, so the volume swells and the so sort of atmospheric guitar to start. Yeah, it's really nice. And then that doubling the melody with the with the it's vibes, the Glockenspiel or whatever it is that that, that mm-hmm. it's sort of doubled with. And yeah, and then it goes into the crazy guitar solo. It's yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it gets yeah. bonkers. Yeah, and the yeah. trim, the trim is like almost surfy. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of with his playing. There's a lot of influence of sort of surf music and and um, and, and the Dreamers sort of as a whole band have that sort of undercurrent of sort of surf music. Um, that's sort of one of the the projects of John Zorn projects that have that sort of undercurrent of surf music. Yeah, nice. wasn't there a band called Freddie and the Dreamers? Was uh, maybe that from a movie. Can't remember. Maybe I'm not sure. If only there was somewhere we could look it up. <laughs> I don't know. If only. If only. If only. I don't think modern technology is quite that advanced yet, but. No. All right. So, John Zorn, thanks, Gabor. Cool record. That's all right. All right. Rebo, man. I like Rebo. I'm, I'm sure I said this again last time we discussed him, but I really I like these guys who, who are into the avant-garde thing but can also play it straight if they need to, which he does on some of his gigs, obviously. On um, a lot of his – yeah, he does. He does. Because, um, I mean, he, he played with Elvis Costello, with Tom Waits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played with Dinah Crawl. You know, he, yeah. he plays with he played with um, uh, uh, Robert Plant so Mary Lou? and sorry Mary Lou Harris. Mary Lou Harris. He played with lots of yeah yeah yeah. But yeah. He, he did a lot of stuff, and so he can do straight stuff as well. But there's always a kind of little edge of unpredictability there with him, and and yeah, it's and cool. It's just his unique style. I love I love his style of playing. Yeah, nice, very cool. All right, alphabetical Christmas. I think we're up to you, Rob. I think Matt comes before Rob. I think Matt M comes before R, doesn't it? But on on my Google Meet, I'm you. Like, why for you? All right, I'll go next. (laughs) (laughs) That's for all the people with the special glasses. Our live stream that people are tuning into right now. That's right. That's right. All around the world at Christmas-ish time. All right, my album I chose was Dig That Crazy Christmas from the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah. A little bit of background on Brian Setzer, maybe for the youngsters tuning in. Um, Setzer um, probably first rose to prominence in the early 80s with the Stray Cats, the whole rockabilly revival band with his incendiary guitar playing. Um, so that band, Stray Cats, I, I didn't know this until I, I looked it up today, but they're only sort of in... In, in their peak for about three or four years, mm. then split. And they've obviously reformed at different times since then. But by 84, they were essentially done. Uh, Setzer goes on to make a couple of solo records, more rock sort of records, does some sideman work. But in the early 90s, he starts off his Brian Setzer Orchestra, really um, with a big emphasis on swing tunes. Um, again, that big hollow body Gretsch thing he does so well that some of those stray cat kind of tones the the rockabilly tones he's bringing into that kind of domain and uh end up making 11 brian sets orchestra records and four of those were christmas albums and it wasn't until uh, i started watching christmas movies again with with my kids that i realized how many 
cheesy Christmas movies will have a Brian Setzer Orchestra Christmas version of Jingle Bells or some such tune. Mm. He's in so many movies. But yeah, there we go. So the two tracks I chose as sort of taster tracks uh, was Let It Snow. So second time that song has got to run tonight. Let It Snow times three or Let It Snow Cubed, <laughs> as some of us call it. <laughs> and My Favourite Things, which isn't really a Christmas track. Most of us remember it from The Sound of Music. Uh, but it's been covered by many people. John Coltrane, uh, to mention one. And uh, it's a beautiful instrumental arrangement from... Brian Setzer. Hmm. Um, Guys, where does Brian Setzer land land on your respective radars? I love I love Brian Setzer. I, I, he's awesome. He's very high on my respective radar. <laughs> I, lo- I just love his style of playing. I love his. Um, he's just such a cool dude. Uh, you know, even just when he talks, he's just such a cool dude. Yeah. And I, I just love ha- that sort of fusion of of. And I mean that's that's rockabilly, isn't it? That sort of fusion of that sort of country, jazz, swing, you know, cool melodic chords, um, voicings, and 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 playing chord melodies and stuff like that that he does. I love the stuff he does, and that you know, just his tone, the the Gretsch with the you know slapback and yeah through a basement. It's just it just I, I love his stuff. I'm I'm a big fan. Rob, do you remember him in the Stray Cats? I know you, there's a few years between us, but yeah, you seem to like, be I was, on that pulse. I remember Rock This Town. And yep. I remember the video clip of that and maybe Runaway Boys as well. But I think it was, it must have been later than when it came out because I remember seeing it on MTV, I think. Mm. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit later. Uh, and, yeah, I've been a big Brian Setzer fan from, you know, I've got a couple of Stray Cats records and mm. uh, he his song on Paul Rogers' Muddy Water Blues album, which I think we've brought up once or twice before on yeah, this podcast, yeah. he does uh, Good Morning Little Schoolgirl on that, I think. And, um, oh, no, what does he do? Uh, I can't remember what track right now off the top of my head, but that's what research would have been good for. <laughs> um, so yeah, he features on that on a track on that album, and it's just it's so good. And um, yeah, just always been a fan of his. I think I bought the first Brian Setzer Orchestra album as well because uh-huh. that was sort of right at the peak. And used to see him on Con- the Conan O'Brien show and yeah, 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 Jay Leno awesome. yeah. quite yeah, a bit yeah. with the big band, and that was always like worth. Sort of tuning in for and the outfits yeah. matching the guitar and stuff. It's oh, it's just yeah, uh, it's just so and cool. It, and he was on recently. I, I I think he was maybe on Kimmel, um, or maybe Fallon. I can't remember, but might have. I, might, I think it was pretty sure it was Kimmel. And there he is. He's just got. I think it's two or three basement heads, and just the whole top of it's covered in space echoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. original, <laughs> you know, space echoes, and you're like, that's where the sound comes from. Yeah, and he's there's just a, still killing it. There's a uh-huh. rig rundown of his stuff, whether uh, and and yeah, the guy. I think they have. I don't know how many they lug around because they always break, and then they have yeah. to fix them. And yeah, there's there's the ones that work and the ones that don't work. That's a full time job for some guy on the road. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but um, and, I oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and restringing all those Gretches. So he's oh, had about. Yeah. A million Gretsch 6120 <laughs> signature models, which yeah. um, were probably originally known as the Chet Atkins, I guess, from the, the mid-50s. Yeah. So so he was a big vintage nut. But, yeah, I had Boogie Woogie Christmas that 
you know, every year when we went out and did Christmas gigs, uh-huh. um, I would just put that on rotation. Like I refused to put any other Christmas songs on. Yeah. It would always be Brian Setzer Orchestra um, yeah. and occasionally uh, Boney M. Um, but, you know, because <laughs> nice. that's always good fun. That's a, that's a little bit different, but okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's funny because, it, again, that whole what, what memories are triggered from this stuff. It, mm, when yeah. I put that on and was listening to it, I just wanted to go and watch Die Hard. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it just elicited that feeling. I was just like, I really want to go watch Die Hard now because we all know that's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. End of discussion. It is a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> Could upset some people. Um, no, I think I'm preaching to the choir with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I said at Christmas, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy, like who, like he's a perfect fit, right? Mm. Like that big band music, yeah. His vocal delivery, yeah. Like he's like an edgier Bing Crosby, yes. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's oh, it's a marriage made in heaven. Leopard yeah. boots <laughs> with killer chops, yeah. Killer and the two chops, songs, yeah. the two songs that let it snow. I love that low register trombone solo. It just oh, made yeah, me trombone smile. Trombone solo, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're a guitar podcast, but oh man, you got to yeah. love brass. Um, yeah. And then in my favorite things, which was eye opening for me because I didn't really think of him as a finger style player. Yeah, but that, yeah. It's really beautiful what he's doing in there. Yeah. You know, it was really, it was, I got learned at the beginning of the intro of that song and I just went, wow, that is. That is so sweet. The intro in that, that those harmonics that he plays, and it, mm. it almost reminds me of Take Five. That the, you know, the song Take Five. That oh yeah, yeah. It has Brubeck? that similar sort of. Is it Dave Brubeck? Dave Brubeck, yeah. 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 It, the 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 chords in the background and the harmonics. It reminds me of that. It, it I did, almost thought, yeah. oh, is he going to go into Take Five and then into? <laughs> but yeah, um, it's cool. It's just he, he yeah, he's such a unique and and uh, still kind of inventive player. He's still. Even though he's yeah. done a lot of cool stuff, you hear him do different stuff still, kind of, you know. Yeah, definitely. He's great. Definitely. Yeah, there's not not many like him. Obviously, players like um, Chris Cheney from The Living End yeah. took a lot of cues from, from Setzer. But, yeah, he's, he's, he owns his own patch of land for oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, um, I mean, all the horn arrangements in Let It Snow are, are amazing. I heard him, or I read an interview, rather, when he was starting the – the uh, the orchestra stuff that he he just play riffs with an arranger and and pretty much transcribe guitar riffs for for oh, the brass really? wow, sections okay. and things like that um, and he's probably worked with some amazing arrangers since since that start but yeah mm. they're, they're just they're just killer parts but he also has that Sinatra delivery as well with his voice oh yeah you know, his like vocals. the flamboyance it's yeah yeah. Oh. So he's got the whole deal, and his hair is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the sideburns, hand sideburns. <laughs> yeah, he kills it. All right, there we go. Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah, I mean, like I said, four Christmas albums. They're all killers. I I chose I chose the album I did because of my favourite things, which, again, not really a Christmas song. Actually, one of the things I wrote down is his when in my favourite things, uh, I mean, at the start of the song, the guitar is right in the foreground, but then it goes into that bit where the orchestra takes over. Yeah, but yeah. You can hear. I think it was in. It was only in one side or something. His rhythm playing is beautiful behind it. It's very, mm. very faint in the background, but that's one of the things I, I, I um, 
wrote down really nice, very rhythmic, like interesting rhythmic um, rhythm playing and interesting voicings, but very low in a mix behind the orchestra. And killer solo in my favorite things. The, the yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, a comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott, ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cup. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. Awesome. All right. Let's try this again. Alphabetical. Alphabetical order. <laughs> G, Y, and R for Rob. Okay, Bring Rob. Him up the rear. Okay. <laughs> um, He's got so, two R's too, not just one. He's double R. <laughs> yes. Um, so I chose, um, surprise, surprise, uh, Steve Lukather's 2003 release, Sentimental. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was released on the 7th of October in, 20, in 2003, and it was recorded between the 17th and the 24th of June 2002 at the Steakhouse, not happy being vegan, having to read that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hollywood, California. <laughs> uh, um, so in 2002, Lukather started the recordings for the solo album um, with a jazz rock style covers of classic and brand new Christmas songs that he rearranged himself with Jeff Babco. Um, it includes guests such as Edgar Winter, Slash, Mike Landau, and his son Trevor. Um, and of course, Eddie Van Halen, which is one of my featured tracks. Yeah. And a kind of. Uh, Nat King Cole, Natalie Cole style thing with Sammy Davis Jr., uh, which is really, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I chose track one, Joy to the World, with Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask who's the other guitarist on this track, yeah, yeah, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. So, um, it's cool how they switch, like they go from one, one does a solo, then the other, and then it goes back and forth between the two, yeah, and they've been friends for a long time. and we all know the story of Luke bringing Eddie in on the Thriller sessions and what led to Eddie playing on Beat It, that iconic solo. I'm actually just listening to the audio version of the uh, Gospel According to Luke, uh, yeah. his book. Yeah, I've just, I'm just started, been listening to it for a little while now, so I'm getting into those, that more. He's, it's such a cool story, his, oh, man. his life. Yeah, anyway. he's, he's just done the Sunset Sound series. Yeah. Um, Talk, so I'm sort of halfway through that. That's funny, especially the, his Prince stories. The Prince one where he sits on a motorbike and just raises the eyebrows. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but I like, acknowledge him. Yeah, so on this album, there's Greg Greg Bissonette on drums, and when you've got guys like Lenny Castro on percussion and Simon Phillips featured on tambourine. Wow. Um, John John Pierce on bass. Uh, so that's like the core of it, and then you've got. The guys like Steve I appearing on their own tracks as well. Um, so yeah, like, what do you say about Joy to the World? Like, I think what um, Luke said himself was he just went for a hot for teacher yeah. <laughs> version of Joy to the World, and that's exactly what they delivered. Um, and the second track I chose was surprisingly 
probably for most people was the Sammy Davis Jr., him and Jingle Bells, um, because, like, his voice. Yeah, it's I, I'm amazing. I'm a singer as much as I am a guitar player, but uh-huh. Sammy Davis's voice is just so smooth. Mm, yeah. I just brought that track to life. And, um, yeah, just, again, it just made me smile, so I had to choose it. And, you know, it could have been just as easy to go with um, track four, that one with Steve Vai, but I don't know. Like it, it's nothing we haven't heard before, so I just wanted to share a little bit of a legend that is Sammy Davis Jr. because all those guys are sort of slowly being forgotten. And I think as far as tone, timbre and phrasing goes, like, yeah. It's a lesson. That song, how he sings it, how he delivers it, like true entertainer and beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you can only benefit from listening to guys like that. Yeah, does Lukather sing a little bit on it as well, or is it all Sammy Davis? That is an excellent question because I just got lost in Sammy, but I'm sure that um, he's doing some stuff on there. Yeah, I just heard a bit towards the end, I think, and I thought, oh, that sounds like Luther. But I was trying to guess who it was. So yeah. when you said, like, does now Sammy Davis Jr., I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. That's major. Imagine yeah, I didn't, I didn't know who it was the, at the time either, but yeah. For the job. I, yeah. Yeah, so he said, I sampled the vocals of Sammy Davis Jr. and made a duet with him. So, yeah, oh, so wow. he obviously okay, so sings yeah. with it. Um, that's cool. And the album sounds like a big band based on Weather Report, Frank Zappa, and Van Halen. That's yeah. who he's going for. Well, I, I actually wrote down for Jingle Bells, it sounds a little bit Setzer-esque, I actually wrote down, mm. especially the solo. Yeah. Yep. And yep. for Joy to the World, I wrote down, it's a very prog Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> with um, well, with Joy to the World, I, yeah, no, hot for teacher, absolutely. But all the harm, reharmonization underneath is great, man. So yeah, great you know drums. They didn't, That's what I wrote down as well. Great drums on that track, Joy to the World. Yeah, and you know they didn't sit down and work it out. No. Nah. You know they were just, that's not Eddie and that's not Luke. Like he never sits down and works anything out. So all that stuff would have been very just stream of consciousness and listening to one another. and Yeah, one yeah. or two takes and that's it. <laughs> Done. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's get out of here. When, when I say reharmonization, I mean like more like the chords underneath the that they were putting underneath the... Um, uh, the arrangement, I guess, were really, really cool. I used to, um, I think you guys know, I used to be a church music director back in the day and I used to love reharmonizing Christmas tunes or arranging them because I love, like Joy to the World, so it's really a, a four chord song in a lot of ways. But yeah, some of the, the fusion y stuff, I guess, like, like uh, Gabor was saying, you know, it almost has a prog thing because the drums are going bonkers. And the, then there's br- these the drums, yeah, tasty yeah, chords. Yeah. And then the shredding on top. It was fun hearing Eddie in just a, Sort of similar, but sort of different universe. That was cool. Yeah, and the, like back to what we were saying, that whole record was done in six days on a 24-track, yeah, no wow. click, old school. 90% of the solos were live except for the guests who played on it. Uh-huh. So, Perfect. Well, that's one, of the, that's one of the amazing things. If you, if people out there listen to, or read the, the, the Lukather biography, because, I mean, the stuff, he, the set, you know, you know, we just first take – you know, whatever solo 
famous solo in whatever famous song. Oh yeah, first take. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with everybody, every session guitarist just staring at him through the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah with with <laughs> with, with uh, Carlton and Gonos who sitting on the other side looking at him, and he goes, "Oh, I felt a little bit intimidated, but uh, yeah, nailed it first take." It's great, actually. I love, and I think I, I took I took your um, um, word for that there, Rob. You said, "Listen to it, don't read it," because it's Lukather himself to, reading it to you, and it's yeah. just so great hearing it from him. And he does little asides that aren't in the book. Like yeah. he addresses something, and he goes, "Ah, oh, this got cut from the book, but it's such a great story." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. It's, cool. it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Has he got a new record out? New solo record? Relatively uh, recently, there was him and Joe Williams both both released solo records a couple of years ago. I think. Okay, okay. So, I think yeah. Antoto in a in a new with a new lineup touring at yeah, the moment or something. Touring like that. with Journey, they've been doing like theaters, selling them out all over Europe and the states. And I, someone was saying, I don't know, I was talking to someone today about these festivals that are just touring with all the legacy artists and just going bonkers. Yeah, you know, like the Poison. Motley Crew, one and yeah, and the Journey Listen, Toto one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it seems like the only way that those bands can get crowds is to put these multi bills together and go out. You know, Def Leppard I think is on the Motley Crew Poison one too. Okay, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's good to see because the band yeah. is pretty hot. You know, like it's there's only really Luke is the only original member, and Joe Williams who came in, he was the second vocalist of Toto, son yeah. of John Williams, the uh, movie composer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've got the Billy Joel sax player at the moment um, playing Pre- rhythm. One of the keyboard players used to play with Prince because I watched yeah. it. There was a thing I watched on YouTube and it was sort of introducing the band. Yeah. And I think they're all, I mean, as always, they're all just guns, absolute guns. Yeah, and I think the bass player's been around the group pretty much since day one, like they went to high school with him or something. So yeah. there is a lineage through it all, but there's a couple of kids in there that, uh, you know, guns. What a high school too. I mean, because, I, <laughs> I mean, he went to school with... With Landau, yeah, wow. <laughs> went to the same school. All the Picaras went to the same school. It's that's <laughs> whatever they put in the Far water. That's cool. That's that's not bad water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Man. Any last thoughts on that album, guys? Oh, I dug it. It's 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 cool. I like um, I, ch- I really like the fusiony green sleeves as well. That was kind of fun. Twist on a uh, another non Christmas song, but a, a traditional type. Tune very cool. I only listened to those two tracks. And then you, and then you went out and got ice cream, or yeah, I really want ice cream. I don't know why. All the kids, all the kids from the neighbourhood were running, going, "Where, where, yeah. where? What?" what? Um, That's a strange sounding ice cream truck. <laughs> That's right. Sounds familiar. No, I only had time so far to listen to those two tracks, but um, um, they were great. Yeah, I really enjoyed both of them. I thought um, I personally, had particular Jingle Bells, I loved the, the, the vocals. And yeah. it, it just the whole arrangement of that. I wrote down very schmick production. That's the that's the what I actually wrote down as well. Um, uh, yeah, beautifully done. And and yeah, that super prog crazy in your face with the drummer just you just sort of envision animal from the Muppet Show because it was just going nuts throughout the whole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole and that's thing. Greg Bissonette. Like, yeah. He's so a, good, man. You know, yeah. so good. 
But it, it does have the production of the Lost Lobotomies record that Lukather did in okay. the early 2000s. Yeah. Similar time, That's yeah. Very, yeah, very similar production to that and that fusion-y thing. So you can see where he was at that time yeah. um, from a solo point of view. Hey, speaking of Greg Bissonette, he had an EP out in the 90s and it was through Pearl. Pearl Drums actually distributed it. Okay. And it was... Um, his brother Matt was on bass for all of it. I think Matt wrote most of it. But killer guest guitarist. So Lucas was on some tunes. Scott Henderson was on some stuff. Can't remember who else. Um, I'd love to track that down. But Lucas is amazing on that as well. I guess they were the rhythm section for Satch for a while, weren't they? The yeah, Brothers. That's right. The extremist yeah. record, I think. Yeah. Which is probably the best sounding production of any Satriani record. It's- Killer, absolutely. Just loud and bold and... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's Bissonette and Lucas, they're both doing the Ringo Starr band at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they have for a long time, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I I think think Colin Hay sings in that now as well. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, Yeah. wow. (laughs) What a band. Yeah. All right, I think we've covered three very cool Christmas records with uh, with some excellent guitar playing. Good choices, fellas. Absolutely. Golf club? Golf club, yeah. Let's, let's, let's give ourselves some golf clubs, yeah. <laughs> hey, before we go, guys, where um, where can people find out more about you in, in your other guises around the place, Gabor? Uh, well, uh, I have a YouTube channel and another podcast, if you want to listen to more podcasts, uh, slightly less regular podcast, but um, called the Super Fun Awesome Happy Time Pedal Show, where I talk about gear, uh, guitar gear, pedals, amps, guitars, and all that sort of stuff, and all just one word the super fun awesome happy time pedal show that's very cool very cool and rob uh yeah just keep up to date with me at roadtripent.com there's my living in the 70s show out and about and we're about to kick off living in the 80s in january which is very exciting that's so good man busy busy learning like 60 songs and uh yeah having fun with that love it man hardest working man showbiz Rob Rose, George Seeker, the the Hugh Jackman of uh, of guitars. I think you guys are calling me that. And the other night on Peter Northcote's Twitch channel, he called me the best dressed man in show business. (laughs) I was just like, it's embarrassing. But yeah, it might be. It might be true. It could be true. You You need to come to a show and tell me. You have a clothing sponsorship, though, Rob. Well, yes, I do have a collab with English Laundry, which has uh, been <laughs> wonderful. But uh, I need to get another wardrobe. I'm running out of space. But I'm planning on doing um, a video where I switch shirts and guitars. So it's just like click, 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 uh, click, click. And it looks like I'm just like every different guitars, different shirts. So I'm, I'm working on that at the moment. So maybe... I don't want to say it's going to be my first TikTok because I don't really want to go to TikTok, but it might be a reel or something. Nice. You know, it'll be fun to do. You're an ideas man, Rob. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, fellas. This has been good fun. I hope you've enjoyed this at home. And usually when we, we wrap up a show, we, we draw on the wisdom of Michael Schenker, who once told me, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, he didn't say that. That was that was the guy from Home Alone. Uh, sorry, Michael Schenker, who once told me, "Keep rocking, keep on rocking." 
Keep on rocking. All right, keep on rocking, folks. Merry Christmas. Thanks, fellas. Ho, ho, ho. See you later. Merry Christmas, Bye. everyone. Merry Christmas.